Good morning and welcome to our virtual service here at Victory today. We hope that you are blessed. We're so grateful for all that God is doing in the lives of uh, folk who are reaching out to him and leaning into him. The scripture says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. I know that to be true in my life. That's my testimony. And I know that what God has done for me, he will do for you as well. We're thrilled today that you've taken the time to log in and to join us here in our virtual service. I pray that you were blessed with a wonderful selection from one of our musicians, a young lady here in our church, Sydney Grafton. We are so thrilled to have you in this series. This is the third in the Advent series. Today, as we open up, we're, we're exploring the Advent theme of joy. The title of the, of the series that we're doing is called When It's Not a Wonderful Life. Obviously, it's a takeoff on the very famous, probably 50-year-old, six. no, it's more than that, probably 70 years old. I would imagine that it came out in the 40s. I don't have the exact. I didn't Google that. But um, It's a Wonderful Life has been around for decades, for literally uh, two to three generations. We've been enjoying that every Christmas. The life of George Bailey, who ran the Bailey Savings and Loan in Bedford Falls. And we recognize some powerful truths that are in uh, this classic. This, that's the reason that classics are classics, because they employ and teach universal truths. And these, these universal truths are obviously truths of the kingdom of God. As we open this this morning, I've kind of flipped it a little bit just because of everything that we've been dealing with and going through. All of these messages that deal with the four themes of Advent, Advent of hope and love, joy and peace are all dealing with finding those things, choosing those things, walking in those things in this difficult season that we're in in 2020, in this crazy year of a pandemic, the protests that we've seen and experienced, the ridiculously confusing politics that are going on right now, um, and just the just the season that we're attempting to navigate. It's, it's important that we find our trust in the Lord and trust in Him. The Scripture says in the Psalms, I believe, chapter 20, it says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. When the psalmist wrote that, he was talking about the particular means that folks used, kings of armies trusted in the strength of their horses and chariots. But the, the believer, the psalmist was saying, we don't put our trust in anything that is natural, but we put our trust in the one who is supernatural. We put our trust in the God who made all of this in the name of the Lord. The scripture tells us that as we make these decisions that God will bring us joy. And that's what I want to talk about in this message this morning. This uh, one today is called Choosing Joy in Pandemics, Protests, and politics. First of all, we, we talked about finding hope first Sunday. The last Sunday, we talked about walking in love, which is something that all believers are called to do. Scripture says in Galatians that faith works by love. You, your faith won't work if you're not walking in love. And so today, we want to expand on what that means to walk in love and see how that gives us the choice of having joy in our lives. Choosing joy in pandemics, protests, and politics. My text is Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. One very simple short verse. This prison epistle written by the Apostle Paul 
literally as he's chained between two praetorian guards, has the theme of joy throughout the whole book. When you read those four chapters, the word joy appears over and over and over again. And Paul was talking about the joy that comes in being union, in union with Christ, even when circumstances are not great. He says, I have known what it is to be abased. I've known what it is to be abound. And he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, whether it's to be prospering or to be in lack, whether it's to be blessed and accepted or to be rejected and vilified. Paul knew what it was to walk in joy in spite of and greater than his circumstances. And so the text this morning is in that powerful prison epistle, the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 4. The scripture says, always be full of joy in the Lord. Now that's an important qualifier. It's in the Lord that we have this kind of expression of elation. He says, I say it again, Rejoice. And I'm going to come back to that again, but let me read it one more time. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. I use here at Victory, if you've tuned in, logged on, if you've been part of any of our services, you know that I use a teaching tool called One Thing. And that is that I go back and rehearse this multiple times in the message because it's a statement that sums up everything that I'm saying in one sentence. So that if you don't get anything else, this will stick with you and you can have this as a takeaway. The one thing for the message today is this. Joy is the direct product of walking in love and is always available as the believer's choice. Joy is the direct product of walking in love and is always available as the believer's choice. Let's go before the Lord with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege today to stand before your people. Lord, in this virtual service, just so many churches having to take this route, Lord, in order to protect their people. I miss my brothers and sisters in Christ. I miss the congregation. I miss our gathering. But I pray that as they're in their homes, as they're watching various times this week, that you would be with them, be and bless them in your, with your presence. The scripture says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. God, we thank you for that this morning. I ask you to bring clarity and brevity, Lord, so that I can be succinct and clear to say what you want to say to your people, to challenge us to choose joy in this difficult season that we're walking in. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his sacrificial life and love for us. Thank you that if it weren't for him, I don't know where we would be. But God, we thank you for his grace and his mercy. We pray this in his name. And everybody said, amen. Joy. Joy is sometimes that elusive thing that people are looking for. Now, if you're in the world and Really, the joy is something that is more part of the church because the world is in hot pursuit of happiness. Everybody is always looking for uh, something that's going to make their life more happy. The matter of fact, it's even written in one of our founding documents, the guarantee of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And there's certainly nothing wrong with the concept of happiness. However, if we make that our focus and pursue it, most of the time it seems to evade us and we never find it. I think that joy is on another level. Happiness is temporal. Joy is eternal. Happiness is based on circumstance and happening. And joy is something that is dependent upon the unchanging character and nature of God, particularly the person of Jesus Christ. 
I, I think that someone defined joy one time by saying that we really begin to experience it when we understand priority. Look at the word itself. The priority is how we see ourselves in relation to others. First of all, J in joy, J-O-Y, Jesus is first in our lives. And then O stands for others. So I put him first and then I reach out and live my life for others. And then finally, yourself. Jesus, others, you. Somebody else took the same acrostic of J-O-Y and took it a little bit deeper in terms of the principle of surrender and said that joy is Jesus owning you. And I think that's very much right on. Because the scripture says, I am not my own. I am bought with a price. And that is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So I, I, I don't have the ability to order my own steps, but the one who knows my life orders my steps. The scripture even says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. If you're in a difficult season right now, you can know that God will bring you through it if you will put your trust in him. And happiness comes and goes. It's fleeting. It's dependent upon circumstances. But joy is a deep abiding eternal reality that will give you strength. As a matter of fact, the book of Nehemiah says it this way. The, the, the writer says, you know what? We've been rebuilding this wall. We've, we've seen the, the, the protection and the security of Jerusalem literally destroyed by fire and the, the stones of, of the wall kicked out of place. And he said, in 52 days, we've seen the blessing of God come. We've brought security back to the city. The walls have gone back up. Every man has pitched in. Every priest has rebuilt the house in front of his own home. Every family did their part. And in 52 days, a miracle happened. And the wall of the city of Jerusalem was restored. And Nehemiah said this, the word of the Lord. Now you're blessed, we're celebrating, we're feasting. You've been, you've been eating the fat. You've been drinking the sweet, talking about wine. And it says... Now send portions for them for whom nothing has been prepared. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. What they were saying was, in the time of your blessing, when you're enjoying all this prosperity, don't forget about others who don't have that. Make sure that you remember a generous spirit. One of our points last week about the love of God is that God's love is generous and it is sacrificial and it is influential. It changes everything it touches. But remember the spirit of generosity because it's this joy that you're experiencing that's going to give you strength to complete the task, to fulfill your purpose. That's an important word. I think there is no greater joy than discovering the purpose for which you were born. It was Mark Twain who said it this way. He said, the, the two greatest days of a man's life are the day he is born and the day he finds out why. And I think that is completely a, a kingdom concept. God birthed you into this world, gave you a purpose, and the day you find out what that is is the day real joy comes into your life. Those are those two greatest days. Joy comes and follows purpose. When we're walking in purpose, when we're recognizing that, that God made me, God made you unique, he gave you a set of gifts, and when you begin to express those and do what God called you to do, there is no greater joy. Happiness depends on Basically, the, like the temperature, the, the thermometer that merely just registers whether it's hot or cold. But joy is dependent upon something much greater than that. It's like the thermostat that sets the mood or the tone that says, no, in the middle of a storm, I can have peace. I can have joy to know that God's got this. 
joy is that spiritual expression, that elation, that overwhelming sense that, that God is carrying you, like, like literally laying back on clouds. That's the kind of joy of the Lord that is our strength. The scripture says in my first point this morning, rejoice in the Lord always. The, the, the NLT says it this way, always be full of the joy of the Lord. In the Lord, be full of that joy. King James says it this way, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That word right there, rejoice, is a very interesting word because it literally means to have joy and then redo it again. Anytime you see the word re, repeat. When you redo something, when you, when you review something, you look back at it at the second time. Uh, and so anytime you put re in front of a word, it means that you're going to revisit it. You're going to do it again. So when you have joy and then you say, I'm going to rejoice, I'm going to get that joy, that, eff- that effulgence, that expression of uh, an overwhelming elation in God's goodness. Rejoice always in everything. Let that be your attitude because it, that is the joy of the Lord that will give you strength to, to carry through your circumstances. Literally, the Greek word rejoice means to brighten up. And, and interestingly, this is, this is not a coincidence, it also means to lighten up. Some folk need to lighten up a little bit. And if you would lighten up a little bit and not be so serious all the time and put a smile on your face and let thanksgiving come out of your mouth instead of complaint or, or frustration or agitation, but just begin to express in gratitude all of the good things that we do have. I'll tell you one thing, the pandemic that we've been going through in this season has made folk really appreciate some of the small things that we take for granted. Just time with family and, and appreciation, that opportunity, appreciating to, the, the opportunity to be able to get together and, and enjoy a hug. You know, it's so weird socially distancing six feet apart when, you know, if you're a if you're a tactile kind of person with your expression of care, and I'm a hugger and I'm a handshaker and I love that, and you know, you can't do that. This, this elbow bump business is ridiculous or six feet apart. Hey, how you doing? You know, it's to appreciate these things that we take for granted, time with our families, the blessings that we do have. When we start to let those attitudes of gratitude come out of our mouths, it's amazing how that activates joy. Joy is to be there in all circumstances, all ways, at all times. We're, we're to walk in joy when we're waiting in a season between uh, the promise and the provision. When we're trusting God for something that hasn't yet come to pass. When we've begun a work but we've not yet completed it. And it's the hard middle ground where you're having to walk it out and be consistent. That's the place where we really need joy to be our strength. The writer of James says it this way, when you're in dealing with tribulation and temptation, count it all joy. There's joy in that when you realize that the strength of God will carry you through if you lean into him and not to your own strength or your own flesh. The scripture says in Psalm 16, in your presence is fullness of joy. I I love that because... You know, when, when all else fails, you, you, you can do something that will begin to make you aware of the presence of God. We're videoing this on Thursday night before you see it on Sunday morning. And I came in here and sat down at the piano and sang a couple of songs just to kind of stir up my awareness of the presence of God in my life, to, to get in kind of what we preachers call a flow 
And so I, I was giving what the scripture called a sacrifice of joy. The Old Testament is all about animal sacrifices of bulls and goats and doves and rams and lambs and all these things. But when you come to the New Testament, all of that has been done away with because we have a one-time sacrifice of the blood of Jesus. And the scripture now says we don't offer all those animals, but the sacrifices we give now are sacrifices of joy and thanksgiving. You know, sometimes it's a sacrifice to be thankful. You have to intentionally look and say, you know what, Lord, I've not been paying attention to these things and I'm so grateful for them. I've taken them for granted. I thank you for my wife, for my life, for my son, for my daughter, for my job, for my business, for my family. There's a thousand times a thousand things that every one of you can go through and begin to list. And when you do what the writer of that old hymn says, count your many blessings, name them one by one, see what God has done, it's amazing how it will cause you to begin to change your perspective. Thanksgiving is initiated in a, in a sacrifice and then joy begins to roll out. That sense of the eternal girding of God's overwhelming presence and his goodness in our lives. I'm grateful for that. Scripture says, weeping may endure for a, for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You know what? The season you're in right now may be a very difficult one, but just keep walking because even as the scripture says, this too shall pass. I, I, I recognize the importance of just not stopping, not quitting You've heard me say this, but my, my family ethos for three generations has been trust God, work hard, never quit. Sometimes in those middle places of, 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 of confusion, those middle places of just being tired and worn out is when I have to give the sacrifice of thanksgiving and the sacrifice of joy. And when I begin to do that, that's when the strength of the Lord comes. Because remember, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Point number two this morning is the commandment that produces joy. This one is John 15. He's talking about he is the vine. All of the, those who are connected to him are the branches. And if we stay up connected to him, abiding in the vine, that we will produce much fruit. And he says, I'm giving you a new commandment. He says this in John 15, verse 11. He says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So notice now, it's not just a little bit of joy, but it's, it's what the writer of, uh, of the epistle to Peter said this. Peter said, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. It is a cup filled with joy that is overflowing. The scripture says in verse 12, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. We used to sing this back in the late 70s, the early 80s, kind of in the charismatic movement. This is my commandment, that you love one another, that your joy may be full. This is the very basis of what I'm sharing this morning. Literally, walking in love produces joy when we choose to love. Love God and love people. Listen, somebody says, well, I don't know, I don't quite get that. What do you mean? Well, how many of you have at some point in your life given to someone else in need, maybe a family in the community that wasn't going to have Christmas or maybe their house burned and you pulled a bunch of folks together to, to get some clothes for the family and maybe a couple of toys for the children and food for them to eat. And there was just this overwhelming sense of, 
abiding joy on the inside of you. And it happened because you obeyed this scripture. You loved somebody else. And love is not just word, but it's deed. Love is a verb. It's an action word. It says, love each other in the same way I have loved you. He says, so that you may be filled with my joy. Yes, so your joy may be overflowing. King James says, so that your joy may be full. When I obey this commandment to love God and to love people, joy is the automatic product. It happens. It's automatic. I, I, I'm already, it's like, it's like compound interest that just rolls in on an investment. Because you, you, you give something, you invest in a person's life, and then boom, here comes all this blessing back in return. Jesus said it this way, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And you know how that is when you, when you take a moment and you get your focus off of yourself and what you want and what you need, what you think you need to have, and more times than not, we've taken the word want and we've put need in its place going, I need that. I need to go buy that for me. What was it? Was it Cheryl Crow who wrote that, you know, it's not, a, not in... Um, having what you want, but wanting what you've got or something like that. I, 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 I didn't plan that, but it just kind of crossed my mind. You know what the, the gist of the thing is, is that we can long for all this stuff we don't have, but the real blessing and contentment is wanting what we already have got and being thankful for it. And so when I take the focus off of myself and I choose to bless somebody else and I give sacrificially because God's love is generous and it is sacrificial, then in that moment, joy is produced and it changes my life. I'm grateful that in the middle of a pandemic that I can choose to show love and joy to other people. I can bring encouragement. I, I, I spend time regularly on the phone not being able to visit folk, and so I call and check on them and pray for them and stand in faith with them. And I want you to know that even though we're not having a service live here, we still have a prayer line that's working with people that are actively involved and will pray for your requests. We're available if you need counseling, we can do a Zoom call. We are here for you. We want to stand with you in faith. But you know, not just folk that are in our own body, but just people in our community, loving each other. I, I think of the Christmas story that we celebrate during this season when shepherds were, were guarding their flocks by night and a host of heavenly angels gathered and said, said that the, the, the announcement, the proclamation of glad tidings and great joy for all people because there is this day born in the city of David, a Savior, one who would save the world, born in the city of Bethlehem. I'm grateful for that because joy was the announcement. It's great joy for all people because everything you've been looking for is fulfilled and tied up in this baby who's going to become a man, who is going to become a Savior, who is the Lamb of God, who is the Lion of Judah, all of these things that we see that are so powerful. I'm grateful for that. Folk many times say, you know, if I were back there in that time, I'm sure that I wouldn't have been like the innkeeper. I wouldn't have shut Jesus out. I would have found some place. I would have found some room. You know, I, I don't know if we would or not because uh, think about this. The, the, the refugee status that they were in a an empire that was demanding a census. A, a, a young pregnant woman, 15 years old, had to get on the back of a donkey and literally ride scores of miles into their ancestral city to record their, uh, their census. 
And at the moment, at that time, you can, you can know the frustration. They, they weren't happy. They weren't happy about the circumstances, I'm sure. But yet, even though there wasn't a temporal happiness, there was a deep abiding joy because both Mary and Joseph knew that what was going on was a God thing. And not a thing from man, but it was a thing from the Lord. And so I want to encourage you that wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with, make the decision to walk in love and to obey this very simple commandment because when we love God and love people, joy is the product. Finally, this morning as I finish, the scripture says it this way. Jesus' own example in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. I want to hearken back. Don't go back there on, in the media, but I, I, I failed to mention it a moment ago. It says, I want you guys to love each other the same way that I loved you. Now, when we talk about the same way that Jesus loved us, we're going to see it in this verse right here. Jesus' own example is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. The Bible says we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Look at this. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now, now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. The beauty of this is that Jesus was able to endure something very difficult because he had a picture in front of him of something very great. He endured the pain and the shame of the cross because he saw the vision of you and me in complete fellowship with him and with the Father. That price that he paid because his love is generous and it is sacrificial produced joy because of the joy that was set before him he endured the cross despising its shame disregarding it now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne this morning I want you to recognize that joy is a product of walking in the love of God and because of that, it is always available for every believer to choose. This is a powerful phrase in my own life. When I lost my wife just a little over four years ago, within a week or so, I would, my, eyes, my eyes would pop open after not enough sleep at night, and I would take in a big breath, and I would breathe out, Father, today I choose joy. And those simple words have carried me and have gradually, day by day, increased my strength, my physical endurance, my faith in God's goodness when circumstances would cause me to doubt that. Joy, the strength of God in my life has carried me, and it's something that I choose every day. I say, Father, today I choose joy. And you know what I'm really saying? I'm saying I choose Jesus because he is the joy of the Lord. And so this morning, I just want to say to you that regardless of what you're facing, wherever you are, what you're dealing with, there is joy that is before you, that if you will turn toward it, the scripture says that if we will turn away from whatever it is that has been keeping us between us and the Lord, and we will turn our hearts to God, turn away from sin, turn away from an addiction, turn away from a, a former way of life, and turn in faith toward the Lord. I love that. Because when I, when I turn to him, I'm automatically turning away from what has kept me from him. And so this morning, I challenge you, if you've never crossed that line of faith, if you need some joy, if you need some encouragement, if you need some strength, God's joy is available to you. In the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of protests, 
in the middle of all kinds of circumstances, whatever you're facing, Jesus can give you joy that will give you the strength to make it through this. And folk, we're gonna make it through this. I promise you that. Don't be disheartened. Don't be dismayed. Lean into the Lord and put your trust in him. Pray with me this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to express what I believe is so important. Thank you that you know my testimony. Daily, I choose joy. I thank you for Jesus. Lord, for the person that's listening, for the man, for the woman, the boy, the girl, that individual right now that desperately needs you as they lean into you, Father, and turn from whatever it is they're turning from and they turn to you in faith. I thank you that you meet them. You, you, you baptize them in love. Give them a fresh hope. Let the joy of the Lord arise and be their strength. Very simply, all you have to do is just call to, unto him. The Bible says that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered, saved, set free. Jesus, save me. I trust you. I lean into you. I turn from my past. I turn to you in faith and I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Forgive my sins. Be Lord of my life. It is in Jesus' mighty name that I pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Be blessed. Choose joy. It'll change your life.